Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, March 13th, we're back. It's National Napping Day, which I think correlates to daylight savings time, I think. But that wouldn't it make more sense if that was today. And I think it's set in stone March 13th, so I talked myself out of it. But it sounds like Alex had a nap today, so we'll start with you. I did have a nap. Um, I always feel a little guilty when I'm like, you know what, I'll have like a 30-minute nap, and then it goes two hours. You're like, that wasn't the plan. Like, that was not the game plan at all. So went a little long, but... Um, at least I'm ready for the pod here, so I feel nice and uh, rested. So that's I had to good. work today. So I mean, I like a Sunday nap. People know that about me. They I'm do. a Sunday nap guy. Yeah. And maybe the worst day to have a nap for our boy Ethan, who joins us to preview March Madness, because today is like I would imagine in my head, it's like your Christmas. It's college basketball bracket day. March Madness is this week. This is not the day I would want to get a nap in if I were you. In my head. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I think I'm also behind on the stats a bit because I haven't had a nap in a while. So clearly I haven't been prepping properly. Ah, uh, uh, you got to bank the hours of sleep ahead of time. You still got a couple yeah. days, you know, NIT doesn't really count. Today's obviously Selection Sunday, by the way, and we're going to talk about the bracket first here with Ethan. So when you see the bracket this year, what jumps out to you? Like what was the first thing you saw? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it was a bit the uncertainty with your higher seeds. There's no, like the last couple of years you had Gonzaga that looked like the powerhouse, the juggernaut this year. Um, lots of your higher seeds seem pretty vulnerable and they seem like they have matchups that come up pretty quick. That could be at least interesting. Okay. So that's the one thing upset season sort of thing. I mean, uh, you always hope it's upset season. It's March madness. Got to hope, right? So this could be the year, eh? I see the favorite is still uh, Houston to win it all, even though I, I, I know they've picked up an injury and they lost today, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, exactly. So their best player went down with a groin injury. They, they're saying it's not super serious, but especially in football, right, there's lots of groin injuries, and you know that can linger a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Same with basketball. Okay, but you still like them as the favorite, or do you see another team that you like more than them? I'm a little nervous about them. They're coming from a weaker conference, conference that hasn't won the chip in 20 years. Yeah, they have some good senior guards, but your best players out. I think that matters a lot in college ball. So I would rather look at um, like Alabama, for example. Mm. I'd rather look at them. Oh, and I feel like you've been keeping the closest eye on ball, the college ball this season. So what jumps out to you when you got to look at the bracket? I mean, I was a little surprised. UCLA didn't get a one seed because I think they'd done, they they had been playing pretty well recently. But I understand that they're in a weaker conference uh, and injuries play in, into this. So I mean that's not too crazy. T- to be honest with you, like this bracket is one of the most difficult ones I've ever seen. Like I don't think there's a, a group of teams that are especially significantly stronger than the rest of them. Like I think there's a lot of parity in this bracket. So. I think it's going to be just a bloodbath to pick. I can't lie. So, South, let's start up in the top left corner because Alabama's number one there. That's a team you're picking to go all the way. Obviously, we don't really have to get too much into that. 
Um, but if you look at number two there, Arizona, who is on Alex's shirt today, is this like you're saying these bigger seeds are primed to get knocked off. When you look at this, is that does that make it easier on the teams in the middle or, or how do you sort of see that going? Like just using this south corner as an example. So that's when it gets tricky is because usually you're looking at a one or a two seed to get out um, and make it to the final four. Um, you usually have a few double-digit seeds make the Sweet 16 and maybe one to make the Elite Eight. So then it gets tricky with Arizona. They get a tough matchup against Missouri in the second round. So let's say they get past Missouri. Then you're looking at teams like Creighton and Baylor, and it's a little – it's like what Owen's saying. It's a bit of a bloodbath when it's when it's not quite clear who the dominant team is. I have a question about Baylor specifically. Like they won two years ago, which we know. Um, and I'm, uh, from what I understand, their offense is really good, just like it was two years ago. I think they have one of the better offenses in the country, but their defense is like pretty abysmal. Like I think they're, I don't even know if they're like a hundred, a top 100 ranked defense. Do you, what, do you have any take on them as a contender in the tournament? Or do you think they're defensively, they're just too weak? Personally, I'd say they're not a contender. Uh, your stats are right. So I think they're number two on Ken Palm for like offensive efficiency, but they're 104 for defense. Um, I want to say Ken Palm started in like 2003, only one time. Uh, the team that won the championship was outside the top 25 in offense or defense. So you need to be somewhat balanced. Six games make a difference. Like you can climb from 100 to maybe 60, but there's no way you can get into the top 25. So then you're saying if Baylor does win it, they would be an outlier to this stat. That's really interesting then because I'm taking a look at Ken Palm right now, and I think there's only two teams that are in the top 25 in both. That would be Houston and I guess UCLA is 25th ranked in offense. So Houston, UCLA, and then Texas. And UCLA and Texas are both pretty good odds to win. Uh, and and UConn as well. I think they're all pretty close to the front. Is there a Ken Palm sleeper almost? Like one that they, that metric would favor that maybe the betting markets don't represent or that the seeding doesn't represent? Yeah, I think so. So what you're looking at is who are the two and three seeds. So the one seeds, they win 70% of the time, but... Um, we've had a run of one seeds winning, so you could then say it's probably going to be a two or a three seed. You want to use this stat. Well, now you're looking at UCLA. You could also stretch it out and say uh, Connecticut, like UConn, they're in that top 25 for both, or at least close to top 25 for both, and they're a four seed. Mm-hmm. Now, the four seed generally doesn't win this tournament. It's usually a top three seed. I think... Um... I don't want to pick Alabama. I'll be honest. I'm going to I'm going to steer at this controversy head on. I don't want to pick Alabama, but I do feel like if Brandon Miller is playing, to me he's pretty obviously like enough of a talent to take his team on a run and the team is very capable of that. Morally, I'm going to take, go out on a stand here and not going to take them. Just big of you, Phil. Thank you. Hand up. I'm not going to do that. But I will say I'm scared to not pick them because I do think he is really, really good. Is Just give me your pick out of that corner then. So just like I've only looked at the bracket for a couple hours now. I probably would take Bama to get out of the South. If you're not going Bama, 
Uh, I'm not too high on Arizona, Baylor, or Virginia, so maybe that's one where like Creighton gets through, where it's a, it's a bit of a crazier pick. Okay. I can get down with that. I'm going to take that and put that in my notes. I like that. I know Adam has been quiet, and I think it's because he's, you know, big Michigan fan, obviously. He's been looking for his team in one of these 64 slots. And uh, Have you found him yet, or are you having any luck there, or what's the situation over there? I'm, I'm still digging it up. I need to, I need to hear some thoughts. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Gonzaga and maybe UConn? <laughs> So this Gonzaga team uh, is still really dominant, especially in conference play. Not dominant like the teams from the past probably five years. So they got Drew Timmy. He's still really good. Um, It's not that he's gotten better, but he is dominant in terms of team history. Their issue is their defense kind of sucks. The metrics have them outside the top maybe 75 for defense. Great offense as usual. Not very good guards. Generally, when you're picking your winner, you want to pick a team with good upperclassmen guards. Um, UConn has a really good big, a second really good big that comes off the bench. And their guards are better. I think they have a sophomore shooting guard that's getting 16 in Hawkins and maybe a junior or senior point guard that's pretty solid. I hate to take it away from that corner, but I'm looking at this here and I'm seeing Oral Roberts, who I remember from a few years ago, obviously. They had those two nasty guys. I don't remember their names. I just remember they had... Miss. It, okay, thank you. I didn't remember that, but I remember they had two absolutely nasty guys and like no other help. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing them again, 30 and 4, and I know they're a 12 seed. Do you know much about what they've got going on? Is it, Do they still have these guys that were lights out for them a few years ago? Because that might motivate me to take them if I remember some names. Yeah, so this is a fun team. Fun matchup for sure with Duke because Duke's been on a bit of a heater last month. But Oral Roberts still has the guard in Aidmus. Um, he's senior now, averages 22, which puts him in top five, top 10 scoring in the conference, I mean in the country. And then they also got this um, Arkansas transfer. He's, I want to say he's like seven, three, he's at least seven feet. Um, but he came from a power conference, right? So having a big power conference guys is, is nice for these smaller schools. So it at least is, it's for sure an interesting matchup. Well, how, do you think he's an NBA talent? Asmus? Uh, probably not. Probably not. If he was, right. you would think he would have transferred somewhere, right? Yeah. I love my March Madness heroes though. And and you mentioned Drew Timmy. That guy's a prime March Madness hero. You know a guy's good when you're like, well, like maybe he could play in the NBA. Like even though you know <laughs> the whole time that he can't, you're like maybe like if the Spurs get him, we could turn him into like a yeah. back to the basket big. Like it's 1941 again. Yeah, and you convince yourself you're like, well, if he's so good in college, then like, I yeah. mean, it's the same guys. Like he's gonna be good in in the pros. Same sport. Yeah. Same sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know Purdue's got Zach Eady too, who I'm very familiar with, and they're having an unbelievable season. So they're a one seed here. I, I know I asked this question with the last one, but is this a situation where you like the one seed, like in that corner of the bracket, or is this another one where you could see another team sneaking up and a two, three, or a four getting through? So I don't like Purdue. Eady obviously is going to win National Player of the Year if he hasn't already. Um, their issue is they start two freshman guards neither NBA talents Um, that would go against historical trends. If they did win, 
not to say they can't make it to the final four. Their coach, Matt Painter, obviously is one of the better coaches in college basketball. They do have a really tough uh, second matchup, assuming that Memphis wins because Memphis has been really good recently. Purdue had that tough loss, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana. So Indiana yeah. beat them. And Indiana's yeah. got a couple couple possibly NBA talent players. They got a 6'6 guard, Hood Shafino, um, who is maybe not quite lottery talent, but around there. And then they got a senior who it's kind of like a Drew Timmy where you try and convince yourself he can play in the NBA, but he can't. Mm. Um, and that's Jackson Davis. But either way, both those guys, they're ballers still. They should have a good tournament. And Indiana is coached by the legend Mike Woodson with the strap-on oh, goatee. I love watching like Mike Woodson. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. Nick's Mike Woodson was pretty all-time. I, I only have one other question for the south corner, um, and then you boys can jump in with some more if you have them. But when you see these teams, like I know obviously weaker conference for FAU and Oral Roberts, but they have these unbelievable records. How do you quantify that when they're going up against a team that doesn't have as great of a record from a bigger conference? Is that something that you like? Is that something you look at the records in that situation? Or I, I guess how would you sort of approach that when you're picking that? Because for me, it's always tempting to grab the grab the number. They're thirty and four. Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's hard to quantify, and that's that's the tricky part with seeding, right? So how do you how do you seed a possibly underperforming big conference team versus a clearly overperforming small conference team. Um, and so when I'm looking at these potential upsets, I'm looking at teams that maybe can win the turnover battle, possibly better shooting teams, or they're elite at one thing. So either they're awesome offensively or they're awesome defensively, not necessarily um, balanced teams because you're looking for something that they can have an edge in. The other thing I like to look at is obviously upperclassmen. So your older teams, especially this year because of COVID, you have teams with you know twenty four year olds on them, right? Mm-hmm. So that that makes a huge difference when they're playing against nineteen year olds. I like that approach. That's good. Um, did anybody have anything they wanted to ask for the East? Or what do you make of Kentucky? Is this is this are they just like kind of is their heyday kind of over as a like a basketball powerhouse? I think they're still blue, but blue blood. Sorry. Um, yeah. Now, I I don't think this is the teams of the past. Even some of your lower seeded teams with like SGA on them that went on a bit of a run. They don't seem to have that talent like Shea or Jamal Murray or whatnot. So I, I wouldn't expect much from them this tournament. But I'm sure they're still going to keep getting all the five star recruits, and eventually you're going to have a good year, right? It's interesting. Do you think that's a coaching thing? Yeah, I'm sure part of it is coaching. Um, Calipari also isn't known for like following all the rules, right? Yeah. Um, he got in trouble at Memphis, got in trouble a little bit at Kentucky. I think kind of everywhere he goes, he gets in trouble for recruiting violations. Maybe with NIL, he's not as dominant because now it's easier to actually pay the player without getting in trouble for it, right? So Miami throws you know, a million dollars at their backcourt. Well, you it's harder to compete, right? Because they can yeah. do that over the table instead of under the table like you had been doing the past 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just looked it up too, and they have the best recruiting class in 2023 <laughs> and three out of the four best prospects. So I guess I guess that was a silly question by me. Kentucky, Kentucky does. Cal yeah. just be it's, back. It's the same with Duke and North Carolina, right? Yeah. Can we touch on 
North Carolina while we're at it? Just like explain what happened. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, they underperformed every step of the way. Um, last year, they they weren't actually good all year. It was more the last month leading up to the conference tournament. They got really hot. Um, obviously had some talent. Armando Baycott is that month specifically. He was the best big guy. in the in the country. This year, it's tough when your guards aren't actually that good. Caleb Love wasn't that good. RJ Davis actually wasn't that good. It's just one of those things where teams get hot in basketball. Wow. Yeah. And that maybe because UCLA followed a similar, somewhat similar path two years ago to what UNC did, right? Where they were sort of this lower seed that caught some steam towards the end of the year and then made a run. Is there a team that sort of follows that blueprint this year? Or if not, does that all that all change the way you look at the bracket or the way that they've seeded it now? Yeah, I think I think every year you're actually looking for that team that went on a bit of a heater the last month leading into the tournament. It's it's especially the last month or so. This isn't necessarily the best example, but Arkansas is an eight seed. Um, they came into the year with a bunch of five star prospects, a couple lottery picks. Both of them struggled with some injuries. Now that they're back, maybe they can go on a bit of a run. Now, this isn't the exact exact example you were saying because they actually haven't been that hot since they've come back. But if you really dive into these teams, sometimes you find a team that either won their conference tournament or were really good in the last month up to the conference tournament. For me, at least, a team that I don't know why always gets my pick and I feel like it's, you know what, as, as dumb as it sounds, it might just be the name of the school that, that makes me think that they're like this calm, established team, and that's Xavier. And they're 25-9, and nine and they're the third seed in the Midwest. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Because it might just be the school name, but what I'm picturing right now is some veteran guards with some savvy and like some know-how, some Jameer Nelson types, and then maybe a couple big guys that can put the ball in the hoop. So does, does my vision right, or am I wrong? Your vision's exactly right. What's even better is, uh, so their coach is Sean Miller, and that used to be the Arizona coach. Oh, the sweaty guy. With the oh, the yeah, 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 back with DeAndre Ayton. Let's go. Right? Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so he's the head coach there. He used to coach there. They were super solid with him. They were solid without him. Now he's back, and yeah, it's a bunch of veteran guards. So they're a team where maybe they can go on a bit of a run. Metrics don't love them to win at all, but yeah, they're definitely a solid team. Should be good for a win or two, right? Yeah. Wow. I'm hoping because they're probably I'm going to my final four. Xavier, Sean <laughs> Miller's coaching. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Texas too, because they're a two seed, and I saw they were super high up to win the whole thing. And I know that's if Michigan's not in, that's probably Adams' pick. So I'm sure he would like to know a little bit about the Longhorns as well. Well, Texas probably has to be thinking Alabama because before Alabama's controversy, it was Texas's controversy. So they had a coach. He was the Texas Tech's, co- Texas right. Tech's coach. Um, obviously, they went to the finals with him. Now he's over at Texas. Uh, some domestic abuse problems. They turf him. And then they've actually been really good this year. They have lots of the same pieces from past few years where they've been good but couldn't quite get over the hump. Metrics are much better this year. Yesterday, they absolutely stomped Kansas. Of course, Kansas was without their head coach, but only matters so much, right? So they have the the talent probably, um, but they're running with an interim head coach and history shows you probably need a coach that's been to the final four before to win. Not necessarily, but usually. On the 
point of coaching, I saw that Jim Beheim isn't coming back. It, is that just like a career choice by him where he's just kind of done what he needs to do and he's kind of just going to hang him up or was there, is there more politics or, or is it just, did he get like basically asked to leave because of performance? Like, what, what do you make of that? It was a weird press conference. I don't know if you watched it, but he couldn't yeah. say he was retiring when they announced he was stepping down. And even when they posted on Twitter that he was retiring, they didn't use the words retiring. They just said he was done coaching at, Syracuse my take on it is he probably overstayed his welcome he probably has been coaching there a few too many years um and this was more the higher-ups at Syracuse kind of pushed him out the door they had had it was like an insane 47 years right yeah how many final fours too like unheard of well he won in 03 with Mello and he's been to a few um what's even crazier is I was listening to a podcast. And so when he got hired at Syracuse, the guy that he was replacing left Syracuse to go to Tulane and coach. None of Tulane's athletics are good, right? Their football team's not good. Their basketball team's not good. So today in 2023, it's unheard of to leave Syracuse to go to Tulane. But at the time that made perfect sense. So that's, that's thanks to Jim Boheim, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he certainly put the program on his back, however yeah. you want to phrase it. And he also and he brought in it, he brought in Buddy. That's exactly where I was going. And and that's yeah. a transformative talent, really, in the sport of basketball. <laughs> yeah. It's LeBron, Michael, and Buddy. Um it you you mentioned Houston is obviously the favorite, but we've established that Xavier has the professionalism. We like Texas, at least they're the metrics like Texas. And you also mentioned that Indiana has a bit of a recipe to make some noise per se make some noise is always a polite way of saying like maybe went around and then nothing else but you know they've got a recipe there is this the hardest corner of the bracket the midwest is this going to be the most difficult one to get out of i actually think it's the next um region that i think is more difficult i think the west is full of just top talent teams now this one's tricky because houston just has questions with injuries right i don't think xavier is really pushing Houston if Houston's healthy. Um, now Texas could, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think this one's actually easier to predict because you're probably looking at your one or two seed, maybe four seed if you're really if you're a Big Ten truther, maybe. What do you make of um, Illinois? Because I know some people are high on them. You know, they got they got Matthew Mayer. I know some people kind of think this is their year to to be to be back. I don't know if you if you're on that train. They got Sky Clark too. Sky Clark left the team. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, he left the team a few months ago. It was weird. He, but anyways, this team can't shoot at all. Okay, they shoot like right around thirty percent from three. Just cannot shoot. Jeez. They don't really have anyone that can get them a bucket when they need it. Um, if you're looking for a good quote, though, Mayor. In an interview, I saw I saw like a clip of it. He's claimed that he is one of the most def- dominant defensive players in college basketball history. That he was said his that. claim to fame. Yeah, that him specifically, because he said that his teams at Baylor were always top ten defensively, allegedly, and then this year they're top fifteen allegedly. So I do think they have a good defense, but they can't put the ball in the hoop. And unless Mayer turns into an elite offensive weapon as well as an elite defensive weapon, I just, they might win a game. I don't see them having the firepower to play with Kansas though. You would like Kansas as the, I know that a one seed obviously, but you would like them the most 
out of all the teams in this corner? I think if I were to pick my favorite to win it all this year, I would actually go UCLA. So then I'd like UCLA to get out of the West. Kansas is fun because that second matchup, Arkansas matches up well with them. So it's at least, it could be a good game, kind of like how Gonzaga Memphis was a good game last year. And what do you think of Amari Bailey? Did you see his dunk? Yeah, he's he's a beast, super athletic. And I think what we forget is he was a five-star recruit, right? Yes. I think he was a top like five. Yeah, so he's underperformed this year to the point where we're not talking about him in the NBA draft, but with the injury to Jalen Clark, maybe he has a bit more runway in the tournament. Um, Yeah. I think I – so since the Jalen Clark injury, he's been much better in the box scores, right? He's putting up more points. Um, Uh Of course, if you're going to go with UCLA, you have to assume that all these players are going to pick up the support, pick up the slack from losing a top player. And Hawkins looks great. Yeah, Hawkins is – I want to say he's a finalist for small forward of the year. But they still got – they got Tiger. You remember Tiger with the hair, oh. big hair? Oh, yeah. Big Tiger Campbell. Former big yeah. three. <laughs> the big yeah, three. If, you're, if you're talking about uh, rising for the moment, Tiger, I want to say since since the injury to Jalen Clark, he's averaging 18 per game. So Ooh. as a senior guard, that's what you want, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, there's a recipe there. I like that. That's what I like to see. And you mentioned Arkansas as one that, you know, a bunch of five-star guys may be getting hot. Tell me a little bit about Kansas because that's who they would be matching up against if they were to get through their game against, uh, who are they against? Illinois. Howard. Illinois. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they should be fine beating the 16th seed. Not no, no, I there. meant Arkansas against Illinois. That's what I meant. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so Kansas, if you're watching, I would say the media is going to pick Kansas as their favorite. Okay. Now they got their, their point guards back from last year. They got Brady Dick, who should be a top 10 lottery pick. My guy. Uh, Jalen Wilson is a dog averaging like 18 per, he's their best player this year. And then they got a couple decent bigs. Um, so they have the tools as well, but also, there hasn't been a repeat winner since 06, 07 with Florida and Joaquim Noah, Carlos Boozer, guys like that. And Bill Self is coming back, right, for the tournament, I read? Yeah, that's what I heard too. I heard he was discharged from the hospital, so I think that's the, the game plan. From the hospital and straight to Des Moines. He's going on the court. That's what you like to see. That's a basketball man right there. So respect yeah, to that's, him. that's basketball. Yeah, oh yeah. I know Adam's been quiet, so like... If you've got a question, just chip in. But Alex, anything jumping out to you that you want to ask? Maybe about your boys, Howard. No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm out on Howard. Won't be picking them against Kansas. Um, no, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I kind of like the Midwest. I like a bunch of the teams in the Midwest. I like that you know Houston's a bit shaky. Not to go back to the Midwest, but um, just an overall summary. I'd say I like Xavier. I like. Um, I like Indiana. Um, so those are probably the teams I, I think I'm, I'm going to ride with. Maybe just because I like their coaches, but uh, but they look like strong, strong, uh, you know, could go deep. So I like Alex cornering the three and four in the same bracket yeah. as yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his what, teams to ride. What do you make of uh, Colgate? I see them like the same way Phil sees Xavier. Like to me, that's like, school for like it's a bunch of really it's a bunch of professionals like not professional basketball players but like professional like accountants and <laughs> lawyers and stuff um, but they're like a very well put together team and they're always in the tournament and they're always always like a trendy pick so i don't know if 
I know they're 15 seed, so maybe a bit crazy. But do you do you, do you, what do you think at Colgate? You have any take on Colgate? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they are professionals, not at basketball, but I'm sure they're professionals. Um, I think they're a good shooting team. Last year they were a trendy pick. Um, that pick didn't work at all. <laughs> True. Picking 15s is hard. It happens, you know, probably once every three, four years. We had one last year. So unlikely. It was so unlikely just statistically. I know I asked you this last year, but I want to ask it again. In terms of picking like 15s, 14s, 13s, how many of those do you try to mix in? Does it really depend on the year or is there like a number you try to hit or how do you usually go about that? Yeah, let us into your your bracket picking strategy. Is that do you do it by quota or is it just based on like do you have like a certain number of seeds number seed you want in each round or is it just a feel thing? It's a little bit of both. So I'm nerdy, so I like the stats behind it. So I do have the stats in front of me of how many people are getting upset in the first round, how many you should be taken to the Sweet Sixteen, um, and then your qualities of a winner, right? So. Your 16s, it's not worth picking. It's happened once. I would be surprised to see it again. But if it happens 15s, again, it would be great to have it, though. Yeah, it would be awesome. But unfortunately, <laughs> it never happens. Um, we're, we might be due for a 14 to win because last 15 years, there's been seven of them. So every other year, but we haven't had one in the past four years. So maybe, maybe we're due for a 14 one 13 seed will win a game two times every three years, something like that. Um, 12s are more likely where it's not quite half. It's probably 40%, something like that. Now, when you're looking for your upsets in the first round, there is going to be between probably six to nine upsets if we're not counting the nine over the eight because that's a 50-50. It's the coin flip. I, you said it might be time for a 14 and looking at the names of the 14s, I might just pick all of them because we got Montana oh, yeah. State, USB, Kenesaw State, and Grand Canyon. I might just pick a 14 <laughs> sweet. That's awesome. electric 14s. Yes. Got. What is I love, Personally, I love Kenesaw. What is that? I was, that's state. What I was wondering. Where is that state? I haven't heard of that one. Is it the 51st state? I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> like I, I've seen a couple games with their sort of like i've watched their box or couldn't tell you where it is in the states or if it's in the states what about grand canyon <laughs> grand canyon so they've been good most years they recently transitioned from d2 to d1 like five years ago and they've been solid um, and they're from they're from a conference where i think historically they've had a couple upsets now this grand canyon team's not not what it's been the past few years. And I think they were only like a five in the conference and then they happen to upset, upset someone in the conference to get the auto bid. So maybe not the best pick, but who knows? You're kind huh. of also, at this. They're also based, I think they're from Arizona. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan. Yeah, um, they are. So warm, wet, warm weather team. I don't know if you trust a warm weather team in the in March. Yeah. <laughs> Raw football, Owen. That's what you. Yeah. It only would have been better if you said indoor. That really would have been right. made true. it complete. That's also true. I guess they're indoor as well. Last one for me, and I'm just curious about this one. Um, Gonzaga, you. I know you mentioned Drew Timmy, but most people around here probably, I guess, would be fans of them. 
Um, and I know that they actually have a rower who's pretty good going there soon. So uh, maybe there's people in this show who are interested in rooting for that school. Um, tell me a little bit about what their chances are, who they've lost over the last couple years, and I guess is there a roadmap for them to get through, or is this another year where they'll be pretty disappointed? I think they'll be really disappointing this year. Um, they've obviously had major talent leave the program in the last few years. Chet Holmgren, top pick, one of the top picks in the him. NBA draft. Sucks. They lost their point guard and Nemhard, who is playing in the NBA now. They don't really have any good guards this year. They got a good small forward in Strother. Timmy's obviously a good post. Their defense sucks. Their offense is good. They got... Um, they probably won't have much trouble with Grand Canyon in the first matchup, but then they play TCU in the next matchup. TCU has been one of the best teams when their best players healthy. So Mike Miles Jr., he'll be a fun guy to watch. He's a guard, explosive point getter. Uh, but he missed, I want to say, 10 games or something. Well, they were in the thick of their Big 12 schedule, which, of course, is the best conference in basketball. So some say that this team has uh, – top three seed resume when he's playing anybody else have any follow-ups anybody want to get in there for a last question yeah i just want to ask if if you were you know you had a hundred bucks and you had to make as much money as possible uh what (laughs) what's your value pick on the tournament what's your value pick where it's like maybe a lower seed, maybe not like a 15 or 16, but not a one seed, but a lower seed where you can get some value um, to maybe pick them to to make a run. A home Love run get swing. Rich quick, get yeah. rich quick, Owen. <laughs> yeah. so, so we're saying a bit of a Cinderella. Is that kind of the idea? Like we're picking a, a lower little bit. seed. Yeah. Um, and but still win. like a realistic one. Like you're not, you know, put, putting your money in the garburator. It's like, you know, maybe like a three or a four seed that you yeah. think is maybe a, a value pick. Thrill me a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. A three to four to win it all. Is that the idea? Yeah, essentially. But it doesn't, you know, it could be a five that you like more maybe. Um, that range. What some people might like is Miami. Not to win it all, but they have explosive guards. Um, they made a bit of a run last year. They have horrible defense. They just don't compete at that end. So they could win a few games. They're not winning at all. The answer probably is UConn. That's probably the answer. That's yeah. the te- that's the team where they're a lower seed but good metrics. They were once the number one team in the country. That was back in back in twenty twenty two though. Is their uh, is their women's team still good? <laughs> right. I, I I'm pretty sure their women's team is still good. I think. I, I think South Carolina is the best, though. Yeah, Heath. South Carolina won last year. And I think wow. they're heavy favorites to win again. And women's I basketball saw. corner, Caitlin Clark, is the best player. Iowa. Yeah. Is that true? It I is true. I've seen her on SportsCenter in Canada, so I know she's got to be good. But you know what? I realized, I didn't realize this, I learned this, that you can't go to the WNBA until you're like 21 or 20 or something like that. Around, like you older. need to play at least three years. Yeah, at least three, weird. right? I don't know if it's three or four. I think it is. Yeah, it's. I think it's three, but uh, it's like kind of odd. Like she should be in the WNBA. Everyone's saying because she's been the best player, but she just can't because she's too young. Raw first ever women's basketball segment, except for the one that <laughs> Owen it just babbled for six minutes and got cut. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that one, but that, that was, was like an, episode two. Yeah, that was an all timer. Um, yeah. like just give me your final four. 
and then tell people where they can sign up for your bracket. And I know you got a book coming out too, so plug oh, yeah. whatever you got to plug. Yeah, book. Yeah, I'll just plug everything here. Um, I guess for the South, I'll say Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all subject to change, so I'll, I'll try not to corner myself here. The East, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll say Marquette. I, I like Shaka Smart. I like Marquette. Um, Midwest, I'll go with. Problem is, I don't like Texas. I'm going to say Indiana. I don't like Indiana, Texas. so that's going to change. Woody. Um, and then in the West, I'll say UCLA. And then, yeah, so I run my bracket pool every year. Um, if you look me up on Instagram, it's Ethan J. Pearl, K-E-A-R-L. Just send me a DM. I'll get you in there. And then, yeah, I have a book coming out April 1st called The Roadie. If you search up my name on Amazon and The Roadie, you'll find it. Pre-orders are out now. Give it a Check it out. I love it, dude. I will be purchasing once it comes out, and I'll be getting a signed copy. You can purchase right now. What do you mean once it comes out? Well, I want a paperback so I can get it signed. Yeah, only ebooks available right now. Uh, April 1st, paperback. Nice try, Adam. April 1st. Nice try. I want the paperback, too. I'm more of a in-the-hands reader, but I will be buying. Trust me. I appreciate it. Uh, me too. I, I can't read ebooks. So we'll have you back af- either after the tournament or Sweet 16, whatever the days end up being, but we'll have you back to break down at least some more college basketball before it's done. So thank you for coming on. And uh, we need you because this show, us doing the bracket would have been about four <laughs> minutes. And, and you know more about college basketball than I think I know about anything. So th- I really appreciate it. Thank you. It would have been us just yes. saying like, which school sounds cooler. Yeah. yeah. Grand or which like old coach we yeah. like or old coach versus is it is the school's name cool <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think you can go wrong picking that way <laughs> honestly probably i love it i love it well we'll see you again soon thank you yeah. awesome thanks for thanks, having me ethan. it was good to be joined by ethan he will be back i mean obviously the guy he's he's electric so it was good to have him other stuff quickly and then we got to do the movie we, we set out to do nfl only a couple things going on this weekend. Obviously, Chicago trades number one to Carolina. Number nine, number 61, first rounder next year. DJ Moore, second rounder in 2025 going back. Carolina, I'll say I like this more than putzing around with another year of the Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield experiment. I, I think this is a safer pick. It's It's... It might not work out, but at least it's ambitious and at least they're trying. That's really my take on the trade, and I like it for the Bears. What are your impressions on? Um, I I love it for both sides. I mean, I think the Bears made a great choice because, I mean, they got a King's Ransom for this pick that they probably were not going to have much use for. Uh, they fixed maybe the greatest need on their team, which is receiver, or at least take a step towards fixing it. Um, with more draft capital to maybe draft another receiver if they want. And then they and then from Carolina's end uh I know it's like a steep price maybe because DJ Moore is young and he's really good and it's a lot of picks uh but you got to fix like you're in a leaky boat and there's like a it's like a cannon sized hole in the hole <laughs> and you can like fix like the other little holes around it but until you fix that gaping massive cannonball sized hole in the hole you're you're going to you're not your boat's not going to float so they had to I would have given up that as well if I were them. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a win-win in my opinion. 
Yeah, I like the boat analogy because the guys trying to shovel the water out right now are LaVisca yeah. Chenault and Shy Smith. So good luck to C.J. Stroud or whoever it ends up being at quarterback. Alex, I saw ESPN, Jeremy Fowler says, the Panthers don't even know who they're going to take, number one. Their thought process is they've got 50 days to figure out which one they like the most. They just wanted to jump the market. There's also three separate reports. ESPN was one of them that they're even open to moving back. If, if a team wants to hop up and get number one from them, they're open to trading again. When you hear that, what's your reaction to that? Well, I kind of like it when I know like what a team wants. So I, I kind of feel like they jumped the gun here and they really felt like they wanted the first overall pick um i think oh i forget who i think there was another team that for certain wasn't oh maybe arizona yeah i think it was arizona maybe they could have struck a deal with arizona it's like i feel like by now you should kind of know like say say anthony richardson's your guy you trade the number like you trade for the first overall pick and you draft him but if you're fine with taking bryce young or cj stroud then just trade for the for the third overall pick like I think, like I think they wouldn't have had to pay as much as well. I know it's only like a two pick difference, but it, it's still a massive haul. And then I think um, one of the side notes there too was like so that they can recoup some picks. It's like, well, do you want picks in the draft or do you want the top overall pick? At the end of the day, I still think it's good they moved into a position where they can draft a QB. Um, so I mean, you know, it's good. It's good. It's good that they'll at least get uh, their maybe you know possible franchise QB. Um, but yeah, uh, and quickly on the bears, I think it's really smart move. I thought that they were crazy enough to actually stick, like keep that pick and just like draft a, a tackle or some, um, a defensive tackle, but smart that they moved back. And I thought the hall was like huge, like two, two, two picks, um, two first round picks, second, second round picks. And then DJ Moore. the only thing with like, I think like the DJ Moore, like he's going to fucking get drafted like second round in fantasy this year. Like, like the Bears don't throw the ball. I don't know if Justin Fields knows how to throw the ball. And I feel like DJ Moore's been in the league a really long time. I don't expect like uh <laughs> like he's gonna turn into Devontae Adams here, if I'm being honest. They're acting like they traded for Devontae Adams. Like it's DJ Moore. Like I think know? he was very um, available. Seen, ex- exactly. Like I've seen like other wide receivers make it work with really bad quarterbacks. I'm not saying he's had the greatest slate of quarterbacks, but DJ Moore is just kind of DJ Moore and he's going to Chicago. So, you know, there's always guys like this though. And I'm sure Adam agrees that like, they're just on a crap team with a bad quarterback. You know, it's a great example. Allen Robinson. Everybody's like, Oh, feel bad for Allen Robinson. Like if he only had a quarterback, it's like, well, I see guys do it without quarterbacks all the time. Like I would know if DJ Moore was really that special. Well, he might be an exception. I don't know. He might be good. Why don't some of no, these he guys? Is good. I mean, no, I'm I saying think he does easy. it with a bad quarterback. Yeah, right? he's he's really okay, good. okay. Easier, yeah. easier said than done. But I feel like it'd be so smart if you're one of these Allen Robinson, DJ Moore guys. You like go and like sign like a one year and find the best quarterback you can play with and just like show everyone and like gas your numbers up, and then you can go sign like an unbelievable deal and be seen as this like actual wide receiver, as opposed to us like questioning like the last six years if, if Alan Robinson is wide receiver one. <laughs> it's what like, Juju I mean, tried to do I'm and he failed miserably. I'm not about having a good quarterback. I mean, Alan Robinson probably extended his career by like five years. Like we just found out now what we didn't know for like the last five years, which That's is true. actually p- pretty terrible. <laughs> like if we, if we had a good quarterback like five years ago, he would be we like, he'd 
be in the XFL right now. Yeah. You know who's the next in this long line of great traditions is Michael Pittman. He's he's literally queued up to fulfill this career path. Um, Adam, you've been a Bears hater this whole time. Is this move you closer to being a Bears guy? No. And subsequently, you were the only person on earth to interact with a Panthers fan, allegedly, in the last 60 days. So how do you think this guy's feeling about the Frank Reich rookie quarterback combo? He's... He's for sure hyped because his uh his biggest concern was the quarterback situation. But um on the Bears, I mean I'm like I'm the after the first Photoshop I saw of like uh Justin Fields beside DJ <laughs> Moore in the Bears jerseys, like I was already done. So the Photoshop game is getting out of control, that's all I have to say. Oh yeah. The Bears the, there's a lot of you know, the big market teams really get it. I, I also I mean, this is this is the time we find out if Frank Reich's actually a good coach or not. I mean, let's see it now because he, I know he had a bad situation in Indianapolis with all the quarterbacks. Now he's got the chance to mold one. It's kind of now or never. So interesting move, and it gives us a lot to talk about going into the draft. Only other quick football things: Jalen Ramsey got traded to Miami today, third round pick, and like uh, a no name going back to the Rams. Um, we talked a lot about how the Rams are kind of retooling on the last show, and I think that's great and everything. Um, Miami, I know they cleared a lot of cap space, but Jalen Ramsey is not really moving the needle for me in 2023. I hate to say that, but does anybody? No, I, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm a little bit out on Jalen Ramsey. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was like Miami's defense really. I mean, maybe it underperformed a bit from the year previous to that, but I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't really move the needle. Like you got to figure out your quarterback, uh, quarterback issues here. Yeah, and Vic Fangio is a great DC. Like, you yeah, I don't need Jalen. Exactly, I don't need Jalen Ramsey. I think they could have just, you know, kept the pick and drafted a cornerback, and he would have been, you know, somewhat, somewhat as effective to just given Vic Fangio being the the the, the DC. I'm also under the impression that like. Corners have a really short shelf life and really like steep cliff. Like I think of like Josh Norman, where he was like all pro, and then the next year he was horrible. Or like Stephon Gilmore or JC Jackson. Yeah. Or like you can go down the list. The shelf life's really short. So I mean, I think J- Jalen Ramsey's probably pretty washed. And name me all the cornerbacks who've switched teams and have had <laughs> great success. Like you say, like usually well, Jalen Ramsey would be one of them. Yeah, but the Jaguars traded him when he hmm. was. You know, you you yeah. know what I'm saying. J- like late career, you mean? Yeah. Later career. Like yeah. I feel like this has happened a hundred times. Desmond, Desmond Trufant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where these Xavier Rhodes, like they just fall off the <laughs> map, dude. Like uh, who is that guy? Remember Brent Grimes getting traded? There was like, oh, Brent Grimes is on the move. Yeah. Like these corners when they switch teams, I think it's the sign that like the guy's career is ba- like who's the, like Malcolm Butler's on Tennessee was somewhat successful. Like I don't. But I don't he was. Know. He was there for one year, and then he was on his couch, and then he was back, and then he was, like, out. Like, it was, like, not. Logan Ryan. <laughs> I love cornerback not corner. It. Nandi Asamoah. He was. Like, Richard Sherman. Akib yeah. Talib. Richard Saka Sherman would Kimura. go in. The, <laughs> Richard Sherman would go in the success category, no? He was good yeah, on the Niners. I think he's an anomaly. He was, yeah, he was okay on the Niners. But that's a pro football Hall of Famer. Yeah. 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 So. I just, I just kind of got carried away. No, no, I liked it, dude. I couldn't keep up with you. I wanted to hear more if you had him. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay, pass. Byron <laughs> Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Chidobia Wujie. Um, yeah. 
free agency opens tomorrow. So I don't know. Is there anything you're you're monitoring or anything that you're really interested to see? I guess, Alex, this would be your zone because the Raiders are clearly up to something unless Josh McDaniels has just been playing FIFA on the couch for the last 40 days. It seems like they have to be up to something. I don't know. I've been reading all sorts of things. They might, you know, draft somebody or they might turn to the free agent route. I, one of the beat reporters on Twitter was like trying to convince everyone that it's, it's okay. If they go the Jimmy Garoppolo, like freaking washed vet route, (laughs) not okay. Not okay. Um, So, I'm good with either drafting a young guy or, you know, making some kind of trade. Let's bring maybe in some Aaron Rodgers, but uh, no, no to Jimmy G thinks. All right. So you're looking at, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is happening. I don't think you have to worry about that one. I don't think you're going to get him. Um, But okay. No Jimmy G NFL free agency is kind of dead. I'm not going to lie. Like the quarterbacks change teams for like the first couple days and that's nice. And then it just kind of, but oh, well, only other stuff I told, Sedge a week ago who listens to the show all the time he said can you guys please talk about the world baseball classic I don't want to be I don't want to be rude to Sedge I just could not mean less to me so Mm -hmm. unfortunately that's my stance but Owen would be the only other guy who might have a I haven't watched one fraction of a second I think it's like I'm not going to say a joke of a tournament but it just seems like it's just MLB players playing for whatever team they want. Like, I don't know how these guys are connected. Like, how is Jock Peterson Israeli? Like, when did that happen? And how is Trace Thompson, who's literally Clay Thompson's brother, Bro. British? Like, why is he on Team Britain? <laughs> I saw and this. why is <laughs> Lars Newbart on Team Korea? I and why is this. Marcus Stroman on Puerto Rico? <laughs> I saw this TikTok of um, a bunch of, like, the, the Israeli guys. Just, it was, like, the their TikTok admin just going around asking, like, how, how like, how do you end up on the team? Um, and then some of them are like actually like you know like have ties to 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 Israel and that sort of stuff. Um, and then one of the guys was like, "My wife's Jewish, like that's how I'm here." Like, I'm like raw, raw. Dude. That's brownie points for a lifetime, dude. He's like, "I'm gonna sign up to play for Team Israel at the World Baseball Classic." That's that's raw. how I'm here. I'm like raw. <laughs> Yeah, the world. It's the real World Series. The real World Series. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The national Can- pride. The Canada jerseys are really abominable. Whoever can- Under Armour. Well, Great Britain's dude look like uh, <laughs> look like like um, the No Name Company made them. They're like a compliments brand. Compliments brand No Name. The their jerseys like, are like a literal Microsoft Word design. Like it's just yeah, like it's text. I think it's kind of sick. I kind I kind of messed with it too, dude. It was getting a lot of hate, but I'm kind of in. Like that's like very <laughs> like simplicity. You like it? Yeah, it's like yeah. off white. Like it's Roman like, times twelve. Yeah, it is off white. It's so cool. I'm all the way in. Yeah, all I should get one. Was the little quotes make <laughs> it like super off white? Yeah. yeah, with the long like long uh, strings, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would really make it cool. Man, World Baseball Classic that doesn't really grip me, but I did. I also, I did love Adam Wainwright throwing like seventy-seven, and the and the Israeli guys just ripping it across the park. That was great to see. Yeah, tough. Day. It might be time for him to hang it up. Maybe what a career. 44. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forty-four is enough. How is he the yeah. day one pitcher for Team USA? Like, I don't really understand yeah, how that crazy. works. But hey, what do I know? All right, let's do this movie. 
Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, an Adam recommendation. Bang, Bang. Bang. you got it. Yes, I finally learned the name. You nailed it down. And this is going to be a test for us because Adam picked this movie, and I I think I'm going to, I'm at risk of sounding like I'm speaking on a CRT the entire time that I talk about this movie. Like, I feel like it was like an artsy type movie that like merits like uh, English class type response to it. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but that's just how I interpreted it. It is quite the tone shift from what this podcast is used to, I would say. <laughs> it's a test. There's no other way yeah. to say it. It is a test. It's testing our range. It is. And let's start yeah. right with Adam. I know you liked the movie. Give us a little why you liked this, and then we can sort of debate um, a certain picture that was you crying at the end of the movie. Let's get to that. Why well, I liked it? I mean, it, it kept me engaged. Um, you really had to... Like you had to focus if you wanted to keep up with the movie. And um, I almost didn't even want to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to pause it and like lose my flow state. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a kind of like when you're in a game and you're just, you know, dishing out passes and you're just kind of locked in. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I like that about the movie. All right. Yeah. Alex was making some faces in that response. Alex actually. <laughs> I just, I. I mean, I respect it. I because I was definitely pausing it, um, just because, like, I was a bit confused. I needed like I needed to go pee. I needed to have a snack. Um, so, and I was willing to interrupt my like flow state um, to to you know kind of kind of kind of ground myself a little bit and say okay. Well, Alex actually hid how he felt about the movie. It was a, it was a, which was probably a sign of how I felt. About yeah, the movie. It, I think it's safe to assume that Alex didn't love the movie, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, he's in the minority because spoilers. I really liked the movie. I gave it four stars, and I think Owen liked it too. I loved the movie. I thought, like, I like to listen to sad music, like to watch sad movies, and this movie made me really sad. So I appreciated it for doing that. Um, <laughs> and I, thought this, I thought the story was really uh, original. It was a really nice story. Um, I was really moved by the characters. I thought they were all really complex, multidimensional. I was, I think Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet are, they, the performances were incredible. Uh, and I loved the, like it was one just every scene I thought was significant and added to the plot. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, I'm going to watch it again, hopefully sometime soon, um, because there's just I watched it and I was I loved it so much. And there's parts that I want to watch again because there's just so much meat on that bone. I, I love the movie. Alex could not be making a more discreet face right now. <laughs> I know I respect like the differences. It just wasn't a movie for me. I think um, I think also like disclaimer for for the for the people listening um, this I don't think we're going to be really doing a uh, segment, any segments really for this um, or, or categories for this movie, just because we didn't really feel like it. You know, we weren't going to pick our what was your favorite, you know, character? Or what was your where would you be in the movie? So <laughs> no segments. But um, yeah, I just once again, I go back to the tried and true method. Did I think about it? You know, like when I woke up the next day, I did not. And did I want more movie? I did not. I was kind of ready for it to end. Um, and I think just for me, it was a little bit, a little bit like jambled up. Um, 
I think just cutting back from the um, where he was kind of in his like dream or when they were erasing the memories to now. And then I think what really and but like, don't get me wrong, there were move there were parts of the movie where I was like, okay, like, you know, like they they put a few scenes together. I'm like, okay, like it's gaining some steam and then it would kind of lose me again with its direction. The house on the beach scene wasn't super clear to me. Like the whole like, oh, I left, I, I exited the door. Why did you leave? It's like, did that happen in real life or did that only happen in the dream? And then the kind of final, um, like the ending of the movie, I guess, I guess the whole message is that, you know, they're not really like made for each other, but that they're going to, I guess, you know, try to make the relationship work, even though it's no. clear that they're not no, made no. for each other. I had a different No, no, that was not the, I had a different interpretation too. Okay, okay. Just, I'm just going to finish your quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the memory, like are, mem the memories are all erased oh. and somehow they're like, they still know each other they, even before yeah. Mary sends the tapes they, well, um, no, to no, everybody no, no. and reminds everyone, which, okay. I, Cause I need someone to explain it to me. Cause I was very confused. This was like tenant to me. Yeah, I think I, that was I what it reminded this, me of. It was like Morbius to me. Like, I think the start of the movie where he meets Clementine <laughs> in the sequence of events happens after his mind gets wiped. They just, they spliced the memory wipe yeah. storyline in between that, in between him meeting her for the first date and the second date. I think Owen's first right. Meeting, second meeting. I think Owen how, is how right. How did they get the, but they're playing the, the tapes though. So basically he, he breaks up with her and gets his mind wiped and all that, that entire sequence happens with... Uh, Kirsten Dunn's character where she has this awakening and then after that all happens he meets Clementine on the train or whatever the bus that happens in this at the start of the movie and then the next day is when he goes on that second day they just put this the scene where he meets Clementine again at the beginning of the movie even though it happened after the entire mind wiping thing so he meets Clementine after he wanted his um his, after his, his memory had already been erased after it already been of after. clementine yes they just put that movie that scene at the start of the movie that was my I read no it just doesn't really work for me <laughs> it was confusing <laughs> and that was my read on it too what owen had it was from later at the start of the movie but i am like alex in that i did have some questions my first and most important question and what limits this movie from getting a higher rating for me and I, there's no way to explain this, so it's just a hole to me. How does he know to go to Montauk on that day at that time? And why is she there oh. on that day at that time? That doesn't make Phil. any sense to me. Phil. Doesn't she say, meet me in Montauk? Phil. She did say that, but she, she didn't did. say a Phil. day. Phil. She didn't say a time. How Dude. does he know? How does and then she the memory know? was erased, Phil. though. Yeah. It was erased, but that's the point, is, the, is that love is something that it's a connection that's deeper than your memories it's something but that's enduring it's something that's eternal so the I... idea is even though his memories of her were missing so he didn't have any reason to go to montauk the connection and the love that they had for each other was something that couldn't be erased or eliminated and that was what motivated him to go to montauk my yeah issue, it's not though, i mean it's a sci-fi movie like it's not like that's a well, real that's procedure. what i'm saying though the problem but that's is, the idea like, that's the symbolism the coolest thing that the movie introduces is this like new like memory um <laughs> freaking deleter like you can go get your memories erased 
okay? And then, like, the whole movie, like, 80% of the movie is him getting his memories erased. Yeah. And then after that, it's as if he didn't get his memory erased at all. <laughs> no, he did. He did. <laughs> he did it, though. He did because he like, met her and he had no idea who again. she was. He's like, oh, like, I know you, this, that. No. Like, and then the love brings Ooh. them back together. It's like, the like okay. it doesn't work then. No, I think you just missed it. Okay, so he's like, at the start... The reason they put that at the start is because we had it's to put the audience in his shoes because we were meeting her for the first time. So it felt like so we felt like he was because he in that in that moment was meeting her for the first time. That's why they put it first. And then in the second date, we already had all this context um, about their relationship and what had happened. But he doesn't. And so he's kind of getting the gaps filled in as he listens to the tape like that's why that the choice was made. It makes I thought I mean to oh, me God. it was very know. clear. I can't. The amount I can't of times really they lie. were in Montauk, and I'm like, I don't know if this like was in real life or this is in the in the like met like memories that are getting deleted. I don't know. It, they it never was... went to Montauk in real life. It was always memories. Ca- you're capping. No, you're capping. That is so capping. Why did they go to Montauk no in real life? Way. When did that happen? They met on the beach. She said, "Meet they me in Montauk." That's, that's how, how they, they met again. <laughs> that's oh. so cap owen <laughs> maybe yeah. it was owen right. just got maybe exposed right. you might be right i think there might there might have been some crossover because they had to have met somehow adam's adam's mm, well did they meet on the train i kind of was zoned out I, I to be fair i watched the first 10 minutes uh and then i took a three-day break so i don't i don't remember the first 10 minutes <laughs> well actually well. no owen's owen's kind of right because they did also make the train scene seem like they've met for the first time there well, that was the point. at the same true. time you can't convince me that Montauk wasn't in real life because they go to that party with those with their friends. But that was part, that was that a memory. Was that was a memory. Meeting. That was the initial. That's what I'm saying. So I'm meeting. right. That's what I'm saying. It's all memory. They never go to Montauk in the current reality. But then this isn't explaining to me the, how does train, he know though? to get on the train to Montauk? I just told you, Phil, because he loves her, dude. They love each other. Oh that's my the point. God. Is the love dude, he said he said in the start of the like at the start of the movie, he's like, oh, I don't know what drove me to this decision, but like something yeah. greater. Like they kind of like insinuated okay Adam exactly knows, what Owen's dude. saying all yes. right well see that doesn't can i talk can i can i, can I, can <laughs> okay. I rest for a so, so okay <laughs> but you then that means then that um when he goes to get his memories erased that's got to be in the dream in itself so it's inception at this point well you just gotta understand that when it's talking about their past relationship it's a it's a memory because it already happened yeah Oh, I got to me, it was very things. clear. I can't. I can't lie. Owen, go on your runway first before Alex checks Okay. In. So to me, what I what I what the big takeaway from this movie was, the idea is it's better to have loved or and to have been loved than to never hope to then to never have, have loved, loved at all. Yes. Okay. So at the end, it wasn't that they were going to try and make it work. That wasn't the point. The point was they knew it wasn't going to work. But they consciously made the decision to pursue it anyways Bang. because of all the, you know, because of essentially the love they had for each other and all the good things they liked about each other. Well, the that's movie, what I thought was really touching. The movie framed that well because at the start, they they reeled me in. I was just a, another sheep because I was saying this couple sucks that I don't know why they want to be together. Like, and he's even saying that a little bit himself. But then when you unwind the yarn a little bit, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, To me, the message was pretty clearly 
the happiness is worth the sad and and yes. and the depressing because it's so much greater of a power and then more to that was i think that's why the tapes were involved because they wanted them to like hear all the negative things that they're going to eventually yes. feel about each other because it was it only the choice regardless exactly because it was only a one yeah. year relationship so that was a pretty short runway for a relationship to de derail like that but still they're making that choice because yeah. that was the message of the movie but now keep going that was the, the, the tapes too. were essential because otherwise it's just a repeat and you know, it's like the same it's like it's, it, it's like groundhog day he's just mm -hmm. running it back which there's no point <laughs> at that point you know the, we've, but we've the, had... the, the point of the tape was it gave him a sense of they he slowly figured out oh this is legit i got my memories we met before blah 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 uh, and then makes the decision in spite of that, which I found was really touching. And then I just really liked the way they portrayed the relationship. I thought it was really sweet because um, it starts out with a lot of, it kind of goes in reverse chronological order where it starts out with all their fighting and conflict. And I think most people, myself included, who are watching that film are probably like, oh, like what a great thing that this relationship ended and he's getting his memories removed. It's clear like it was not sustainable and it was toxic. Um, and then as we take like the journey back into his memory bank, we see all the things that were great about her and that were great about them together and all the things that she liked about him. Um, and so you really get a sense for why the relationship was great and why it started in the first place. Uh, and I thought that was really, really nice. It was really touching. It was a really sweet movie. I liked that movie a lot. I want to hear Adam talk about the movie more. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... I first watched it and I really, really liked it. And then I thought about it a little more. And then I was like kind of in Phil's boat where I was like kind of confused. So I, I knocked it down from a four and a half to a four. But um, I think Owen has convinced me that I really liked the movie. I didn't really understand that um, the train scene was like what Owen said. It happened at the end, but they moved it to the beginning. Now that he explains that it, the movie makes perfect sense and yeah i thought it was like honestly one of the better movies i've ever seen so i'm i'm happy that i picked it i want to give a shout out to so there's the the sequence of scenes where where he's trying to avoid he's trying to get off the mind map right where he's taking himself back to memories where she wouldn't have been in right yeah uh, i thought that was especially like a really nice scene because it showed that he part of what made Clementine and him so great was because he could trust Clementine with his like intimate, personal, vulnerable experiences and that she was somebody that was capable of understanding that and working through those things with him. So it was really nice because it showed another element of why their relationship was so great aside from the conflict. I got a couple yeah. questions. Just, just, just generic questions. I'll start with you, Alex. You mentioned you like the, the groundbreaking erase mind technology. You don't have to give me details here. Is erase mind technology something that maybe you would consider for something? I'm not implying anything by that question, and I don't need personal details, but is that something you would do? Would you want to zap something out of your brain? Uh, I'd like to go back and uh, go through things one more time, not to change things, just to do a couple things twice. Um, <laughs> So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change it. I just thought like it was a big, it was, it was a big like part of the movie. And then, I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting, 
my one comment was that that company has some like serious ethical violations. Yeah. Well, they got well, are, they got a hundred doctor problems. and from that creepy Patrick guy. <laughs> Why is Kristen Dunst always Mary in every movie? She's Mary Jane and Spider Man. She's Mary here again. Um. So yeah, but I thought yeah, I mean it's cool. But no, I wouldn't actually. I wouldn't go back and erase anything. My other problem with their company was why, like, Nasdaq Operation Brain Zap technology was operating out of like a pediatrician's office, dude. It was like up a yeah. level, and it was like a little tiny hallway, and that's where they were working out of. It just didn't add up to me. It should have been like a ivory tower situation. I thought. Probably, I, I don't really have anything I would need to use it for. Maybe. Yeah, probably not. But it is cool tech. Yeah, I don't have the money either. That's I feel like that's a heap. Yeah, I was wondering how much it also do you think looks it like a nice ten k easily. Like yeah, I don't know more than ten k. It seems like it's a lot of money, and like Alex says, a lot of like stress to put on yourself for a night, even if like you you're, don't remember it. You're paying for like these multiple visits to the doctor, and you're paying a doctor to spend his entire night at your house like that's easily tons they're of eating his food and you and got like... yeah you got to clean up his beer spills in the morning so i like the movie in general i don't really know what else there is to say like when you get a good movie like that like i don't think i could really you know poke too many holes have a lot of fun but it it it's a challenging thing any parting thoughts you want to throw in there owen uh no i would just recommend that anybody check it out I think it's it was really a moving movie. I've said that a couple of times, but I uh, it made me like not you know I had I didn't cry, but it made me emotional. So I I really liked it. There was for sure. Um, there was definitely a part where I was watching it, and I'm like, I don't think I'm uh, smart enough to understand what's happening in this movie. So it kind of like takes a toll on you. Yeah, I and agree. I know Phil Phil warned me. <laughs> Phil was yeah. like, when it starts raining, you're going to know. I don't know what you meant by that, Phil, but. Well, it had, a. I will say to the people, if you haven't seen it, it had some points where it very easily could have lost me. Like it, it was teetering on. If I like don't pay attention for two minutes, I'm going to be like dead in the water and not be able to pick well, up the plot. Can I add something for people that are going to watch this movie? Like if you're going into this movie, you know, expecting like a sci-fi like banger, um you might leave disappointed but i think this movie is like supposed to be about people i think is like the idea so maybe like if you do focus on that you'll probably maybe uh get more out of it yeah great poem yeah. by Kristen dunce too great poem yeah, that was a banger alex you can give the most uh negative review do you like say. the title at least alex no any? actually <laughs> Cause I kind of still don't really understand like eternal sunshine, like spotless mind. I get there was some, I don't know, like, are they referring to the spots in like when they're right? Like all those spots that show up on the little brain MRI thing. I don't know. Didn't work yeah, for me. I'm, it's like just, the, uh, like the happiness that you can experience despite the spots getting erased from your mind, spotless mind. That's my, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't very good in English class, so I, I probably wasn't going to get that. So I think I'd give it like a 6.2 out of 10. It's uh, not a bad rating. I Yeah, no, I'm not going to bash it completely. I thought it's still a movie that you can watch. It's it's far from terrible or anything. It just 
um, just personally didn't work for me for whatever reason. I, I couldn't really get behind it. So, but you know, that's movies for you, and that's why they're interesting to talk about. So, because uh, mm-hmm. we don't all agree. So, um, but yeah. And good news for you, you're on the you're on the drum for the next one. I'm on the drum now. The Academy is going to select the uh, the Sound of Metal. Okay. Um. So we'll we'll go with that movie. Um. I saw it. A disclaimer: I have seen this movie, but I do want to you know give a good movie recommendation to my friends. See what they see what they think. Um. And yeah, I thought I thought it was a really touching movie. So it's it's out on Netflix. So I also wanted to get a movie that's pretty like reachable to everybody. I'm sure we all have Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um. So you can watch it in like nice quality and everything. No illegal streamings. You can feel good about yourself. So, um. Yeah. Raw, nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with illegal streaming. Shout out to Owen for finding that unbelievable site. By the way, it's so good, eh? It's so good. If you, I didn't run into any ad pop ups. Nothing. If you guys need the listeners, if you need this site, I'm not gonna say it on the air. Just DM one of us, yeah, um, and we'll just send you the link because you know I'm not gonna so make sure it's one of their um aid verified domains. And and word ones. of advice. For those who are who've never been on the internet before, if if a website that's maybe not the most up and on the up and up tells you to download Flash Player, usually you just don't download it. Yeah, maybe just try something else. That or would be a X. mistake. X. Yeah, that'd be yeah. An error. X until you see like DreamWorks on the screen, then you're good. Yeah. That's everything else. X. That's that's my yeah. recommendation to the people. I do. Yep. I guess quick thing. I don't have to go in on this. I I did see Creed three this weekend at the theater. Meh. It was a Creed movie, Meh. you know, pretty good. Not the best Creed movie I've seen. Number one was still the best one. Give them your take, though. Give them what you wanted more of. Oh, the, I don't know how to say this, but these movies do like this thing now. I don't know if you guys noticed this, where movies, especially like Creed 3, where it's like they need to like be looking like a footlocker catalog and they need to wear like the (laughs) freshest shoes and like (laughs) every scene Gordon yeah every scene has to be like Nike tech like they've got to like be dressed like like it's like literally like there's nothing wrong with like trying like non-trendy clothes like maybe let's not like we don't need michael b jordan's 180 outfit movie like let's just not do that and i'm there for the boxing you know like like i get it he has a wife and kids i don't like i don't want to sound like a horrible person i don't need as much like wife and kids storyline as i'm there for i'm I'm in creed three i want to see the the fights that's what i'm there for i want to see the entrances so i i hope people can respect my opinion on that and I have no problems with movies that do that, but at Creed three, I think you have to pivot the storyline to boxing. That's just my take. It's like give us like a sick scene about like him trying to cut weight or something. And there was only one of those. Usually you get a couple. Yeah. So that was a bummer. But other than that, it was it was it was all right. I did. Uh, I I don't know if you know this about me. I'm I'm like a big uh, Malaysia Airlines missing flight guy. Mm-hmm. Like I've for those I've, who don't me know, too. yeah, me too. I've watched tons of stuff. I've read uh, oh, countless. So things. we got to talk about this. Well, sometime. did you watch the Netflix? There's a Netflix. Oh, Owen, Owen, complete skip. I would give it a one out of ten. I don't. You guys really? know how rare this is. There was a guy on there. He might have been the biggest jackass on earth. He like he said that they flew the plane 
to Kazakhstan, Netflix like acted it out. It's like these three Russians hack <laughs> the plane and get into the... They somehow drive the plane without getting into the cockpit in this guy's fan fiction. They drove the plane from underneath in the baggage area. That was his literal take. <laughs> and Netflix based the whole documentary around this guy. So wait, what do they, where, where do the Russians take the plane? They take it to Kazakhstan. Well, didn't they find pieces of the plane in the ocean? They do, and he says that the guy who found them was planted by the Russian government because <laughs> the pieces of the plane didn't have the correct serial number when they oh. did. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> to describe like it, dude. It was just awful. Don't watch it. But we don't have to get into that. That's just anybody who's on the who's on the who's on the corner of watching that. Just back off and like pivot to like New York Times or something at least a little bit credible. So I got a bone to pick with Netflix on that, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> 10, 10. Very good. Ten. Yes. Yep. Love to see it. We'll be back Friday. Um, that'll be good. We got the first day of March Madness in on Thursday, a bunch of NFL stuff, I'm sure. So lots of good stuff coming up. And uh, yeah, and then get ready for what's it, Sound of Metal on next week? Yep. Perfect. Yep, Sound of Metal. Monday, March 20th, Sound of Metal. All right, we'll be back Friday. Breaking some stuff down. Have a good start to your week, everybody. Enjoy the first day of the tournament.